Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, on the heels of our last few messages on the Great Reset, today I'm going to begin a new study entitled, Tickled Ears and Broken Cisterns. For while the world is being politically and economically revamped with New World Order precision, the One World Religion that will serve the Antichrist in his spiritual deceptions is also being fashioned with a demonic intention to lead the people of earth into giving their worship and surrender to him. This demonic endeavor will, of course, be spearheaded by the false prophet. But even now, before this apostate religious leader is fully revealed, the enemy's tactics are at work, preparing the people of earth to succumb to his devious devices. This is especially true for much of the church, where in their worldliness, they are moving further and further away from their first love and exchanging it for the love of the world and the temporal vanities it can offer them. In 2 Timothy 4, 1-4, Paul describes this last day's company of complacent and pseudo-Christians while giving exhortation to Timothy, who represents all who have been called to preach and stay true to the inerrant word of truth. He writes, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. Surely, beloved, we have reached that hour of pleasure-seekers, along with those who present themselves as ministers of the gospel, but for profit's gain offer only worldly and flattering platitudes to satisfy those with itching ears. In Jeremiah 2.13, we are given insight to the Lord's heart concerning these holy matters as He addresses His covenant people Israel. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In order to gain deeper understanding of that passage, please allow me to glean from a commentary written for Growing Christians Ministries entitled, Broken Cisterns, where they write. In Bible lands, a cistern was an artificial reservoir that was dug in the earth or hewn in the rock for the collection and storage of water. Cisterns were very important in the land of Israel because there was a long dry season and there are relatively few natural springs but a broken cistern was practically worthless. Cracked rock or crumbling masonry could hold only a small quantity of dirty water or no water at all. Collecting and storing water in a broken cistern was about as smart as carrying a sieve for a canteen. Jeremiah used the illustration of broken cisterns to point out the extreme foolishness of God's people Israel. 
He didn't just think up this illustration on his own. It was the Lord himself who originated and used this illustration in the message when he spoke to his people through his prophet Jeremiah. The message was given as a rebuke to the people who were no longer totally committed to their God. And certainly there is an application here for God's people today. To appreciate the full impact of the broken cistern message, let's look a little more closely at the historical context of Jeremiah 2.13. The prophet preached and lived in a day when the people of Judah, the southern portion of the nation of Israel, had turned away from the one true God to more or less do what they deemed to be right in their own eyes. No longer were they devoted to the Lord or depending on Him to meet their spiritual needs. If you read all of the second chapter of Jeremiah, you will see how they had turned away from the fountain of living water and were looking everywhere else for something to quench their spiritual thirst. They dug cisterns of idolatry and immorality, as well as seeking the occult, hoping that the fleshly pleasures of those sins would satisfy their needs. But the people of Judah found out that the cisterns of their own making were broken cisterns that could hold no water. They were empty. And we noticed that the cisterns didn't break after holding water for a while. They were broken from the day they were built. They never held any water, which is always the case with cisterns of our own making. Self-made attempts and schemes to find spiritual fulfillment apart from the Lord will inevitably result in failure, for they are doomed from the start. Only God himself can quench our spiritual thirst. When the foolish people of Judah turned away from the Lord, who had done so much for them, they were guilty of two evils. Trying to construct an artificial reservoir for collecting spiritual water was bad enough, but to turn away and reject the water from the life-giving spring was tragic. God painted this picture in words to show His people how utterly foolish and guilty they were when they turned away from Him. The surrounding heathen nations could at least be pitied when they ignorantly followed lifeless gods that couldn't satisfy their spiritual dryness. But unlike Judah, these pagan nations were loyal to their gods. The people of Judah were not faithful to the one and only true God. They knowingly turned away from their source of living water to drink from self-made and broken cisterns. No wonder the heavens were called on to be appalled and to shudder with great horror at such foolishness, such stupidity, and such evil, as verse 12 denotes. God gave the nation of Judah chance after chance to return, but they turned further and further away. In terms of the illustration, verse 18 indicates that instead of turning back from the broken cisterns to the fountain of living waters, they turned to the river waters of the Nile and the Euphrates. In other words, rather than turning to the faithful God of Israel, they looked to the gods and government of Egypt and Assyria for protection and provision, and consequently reaped what they had sowed. As we look to that example, beloved, this point must be made clear. A true child of God will never be lost to Him. If they wander or backslide, the Holy Spirit will convict them until they repent and return to Him. For Jeremiah 3.14 decrees that the Lord is married to the backslider. 
However, it is critical to make certain that a person knows that they have been born again of his spirit and are truly his, which many of the Israelites were not. We can know that to be true, for in Revelation chapter 3, where the Lord is addressing the church of Philadelphia, he says that, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan, who say that they are Jews and are not but lie, to come and bow down at your feet, and to know that I have loved you. In Romans two twenty-eight to 29 Paul provides the evidence of one who is a true Jew, where he writes, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. The same holds true for those who name themselves Christian. Going to church and following the doctrines of men does not make you a true child of God. Jesus himself mandated that you must be born again of his Spirit. This also results in a circumcision of heart in the now forgiven, redeemed, and justified believer. And this is where the greatest battle of all ensues. For there is a war being waged in the heavenlies over the souls of men, and the enemy is determined to take as many prisoners as he can. As this demonic passion drives him, where better than to set up his ranks of principalities and the world forces of this present darkness? than by infiltrating the church of Jesus Christ. Through his many false prophets, teachers, and ministers, he has convinced a great portion of the church, namely those who are in their lukewarm latency of condition, into adopting a worldly mindset that is producing a fleshly and carnally inclined company of people that in no way resembles the early and true church of Jesus Christ, that was willing to face death in defense of the unadulterated Word of God. When we consider the contemporary church of today, we find that instead of ransoming people from the deadly grip of sin and the many Luciferian counterfeits and deceptions, they are instead embracing the world and even mimicking many of their ungodly practices. Without a doubt, they have lost their understanding of salvation's mandate and their sense of separateness unto God which is tandem to His holiness. In many ways, they have become just another version of the world, which certainly is one of the sorrowful factors that is leading to the great apostasy. To give just one example of how the lukewarm church is blatantly turning toward the myths Paul warned about in Second Timothy and joining with the ways of the world, more and more we are witnessing the invitation for yoga classes gracing the bulletin boards of many churches. Beloved, in order to understand just how much this is a grievance to the Holy Spirit and how blasphemously it opposes the truth of God's Word, despite the propagated fallacy that yoga is just a beneficial set of stretching exercises and not religious in nature, it would take more time than we have here to go into all the facets of this occult practice. If the Lord leads me, I'll give another study on it, but you can research it for yourself. And if you do, you will find that in reality, yoga is a demonic Eastern pagan practice that offers worship to the many gods of Hinduism. The worst part of it is when the church leaders not only do not reveal the truth behind these demonic practices, 
but invite them into their midst with the invitation for the people under their charge to participate in them. In Ezekiel 22:26, the Lord's rebuke against Israel when she sinned in this way is recorded. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common, and they have not taught the difference between the clean and the unclean. Beloved, these things are critical, especially in this last hour on earth. For the eternal destiny of every man and woman on earth hangs in the balance of truth and falsehood. And this is where we must pause for today, beloved. In our next message, we'll pick up where we left off. Until then, continue to seek the Lord with all your heart, spending time with the Holy Spirit, who has been given to lead us into all truth. As we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, He will keep us stayed on course and will protect us from the many deceptions of the enemy that have infiltrated our midst. Keep shining His light of truth, beloved, while there is yet time. And, as always, I bid you His agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com. Dot agape light ministries dot com.